are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Path Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane, here with you, as always, with Rich Hill. A little later this week, we're still both kind of recovering from our Thanksgiving feast. Rich, how was your holiday? Good? It was wonderful. Outside of a pretty disappointing Sunday night football game by the Patriots, it's pretty good. I mean, the food was delicious. Uh, Thanksgiving is probably the best holiday of all of the holidays, just based off of the food. So, uh, I, you know, I won my Super Bowl. How about you? <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. It's the best holiday of the year. Eating, sleeping, watching football. Even though week fifth, week 13, excuse me, the NFL, pretty much no game went the way it was supposed to for the Patriots. But tough to be too upset when you're coming off that kind of gluttonous enjoyment that I was. Uh, good times all around. Stay for it, as you said, Sunday night. Patriots lost to the Texans 28-22 in a game that was nowhere near that close. Not even close to that. It was a blowout. No way to really sugarcoat it. Uh, we're going to get into that and all around that as well. But any games particular before we get into the Patriots-Texans game which you want to talk about in terms of AFC playoff seating? You want to talk about the Ravens 49ers? Any game that really stuck out to you in terms of uh, how things are going to shake out later on? Yeah, I mean, the, the one game that I really want to talk about is, uh, surprisingly, the Bills beating the Cowboys. Not that the outcome yeah. is a surprise, but the fact that the Bills are still incredibly relevant at this point in the year. Uh, three quarters of the season in the books. They are 9-3. and three. They dismantled the Cowboys 26-15. Uh, they, um, this was the, the middle game of Thanksgiving itself. They are playing very, very well. Josh Allen, you know, he isn't the, the greatest passer, but he compensates for whatever, you know, mediocrity he has through the air with some quality production on the ground. He had 231 passing yards, but he added 43 rushing yards and a touchdown. He helped carry the Bills to victory. Uh, that's pretty, pretty fantastic for Buffalo fans. Alec, how do you think that this will play out for the AFC East with the Bills just one game back? Yeah, this is such a weird situation to be in. Usually around this time every year, the Patriots have, if not the AFC, he's already locked up. They can lock it up in a week, tops. Usually Thanksgiving is the time of year where the Bills are long out of contention. But, yeah, you really got to give credit where credit is due. I'm not overly sold on the Cowboys. I don't think they're a very good team, which makes no sense given the talent on the roster that is poorly managed or poorly coached or can't play well, whatever it is. But the Bills are legit, and I'm very curious to see what happens in a couple of weeks when the Bills come to Foxborough. Depending on how the next couple of games shake out, Rich, that game could very well be for the division. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Bills, you know, three-quarters of the season in the book, the Bills have an incredibly difficult final quarter of the year. They host the Ravens, who are right now the best team in football uh, this upcoming week. Then they have back-to-back -back road games against the Steelers and the Patriots, and so there's a very real chance that the Bills could go 0-3 over that span of time. And, uh, you know, if, if they do manage to beat the Patriots in Week 16, that might be enough to, uh, to, to win the AFC East because 
you know, even if the Patriots win the rest of their other games, if they finish 13 and three and the bills finish 13 and three, uh, which would involve the bills going undefeated. I believe the bills have that tiebreaker just due to divisional, uh, matchups because one of the, the bills loss was to the Eagles. Whereas the Patriots three losses in this scenario would all be to AFC teams. So there's a chance that, uh, if the bills win out, they could, uh, they, they could win the AFC East. And so, Alec, I know we're, we're jumping ahead here. We can talk about this a little bit more on our Thursday podcast, but this upcoming game against the, the Baltimore Ravens and the, the Buffalo Bills, who are you rooting for? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question, man. I mean, it's kind of a win-win and a lose-lose for the Patriots, isn't it? I mean, it's a win-win in that if the Bills win, great. It knocks the Ravens down. The Patriots take care of business. They're back in the one seed, so that's a good thing. But if the Ravens, uh, if the Ravens win, they're still in the one seed, and the Patriots have their the two seed at best at that point. So uh, I feel like it depends if you're a glass half full or glass half empty kind of guy. I think honestly, I'm rooting for the Ravens um, because you got to win the division first. I don't want to go on the road at any point during Wild Card Weekend, and given the Chiefs game coming up, that's no longer a guarantee. I'd rather see the Patriots get a little more cushion in the AFC East before I worry about first round bias. So I'm rooting for the Ravens in this one. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I'm actually kind of I'm rooting for the the Bills on this one because I would like the the Patriots to win out for the rest of the season. I do believe it is possible once they get over that hurdle of the Chiefs. They have games against both the the Bengals and the Dolphins, so those should be winnable. So if they can, uh, you know, if they can beat, uh, you know, do their job against the Chiefs, I still think that the Patriots have a very good chance of beating the Bills in New England. So uh, I, I'm hoping that the Patriots are, or I believe that the Patriots are in a great standing to still win the AFC East. I'm not too worried about that. If they fall to the Chiefs and the Bills somehow win, then uh, more power to Buffalo. They've been uh, earning that AFC title, but uh, I'm not too worried about that yet. I am still viewing that number one seed because I cannot imagine a world where the Patriots go on the road to Baltimore in the playoffs and win. Especially if they play like they played Sunday night against the Texans, Rich, because that was a pretty ugly game. Starting out very promising, forced a quick punt, drove right down the field via the run game. Sony Michelle was looking good. The offensive line looked to be cohesive and in sync. And as they have pretty much all year, they got to goal to go inside the 10, kicked the field goal, and it was all kind of downhill from there. Uh, really unable to do anything offensively. Gave up. Uh, Brady had a pretty terrible pick that led to a touchdown. There were three other drives that led to touchdowns. DeAndre uh, Hopkins threw a touchdown pass. That insult to injury. A uh, lot to break down in this game, which I want to start with the defense, because the defense is how the Patriots have been winning games all year. I'm hearing people saying they were exposed. They're overrated. They are not as good as people think they are. The Texans had their way with them. Any concerns you saw, Rich, from this game from the defense, or is it more just tipping your cap to a good offense and a great quarterback? Yeah, you got to give credit where it's deserved. And so I'm not going to blame the Patriots' defense whatsoever for giving up a touchdown on that short field coming off of the Tom Brady interception. Texans only had to go 21 yards to score, so they were already pretty much in the red zone at that point. And so other than that, uh, the Patriots forced, you know, three and out on the opening drive, the three and out right before the half, three and out to open up the second half, uh, and then, you know, a three and out at the end of the game when, uh, you know, the 
the Patriots defense needed it. And sure, there were a few longer drives in the middle of, of that game, specifically the one at the start of the, the fourth quarter where the Texans ran about, uh, I want to say, five minutes off the clock or so, uh, ended with a touchdown, six-yard touchdown that you mentioned was the DeAndre Hopkins foot pass to Deshaun Watson, which in my mind super fun i loved seeing that you know at that point in the game i was like the patriots don't have a chance to win this one i am here for exciting plays and uh deshaun watson brought it deandre hopkins brought it more power to them i mean that was a fantastic play uh probably more memorable than any other offensive play that the patriots have done since i don't know week two and it's been a long time since the patriots offense was doing anything as fun as what the the texas offense did there so uh, i'm not blaming the patriots defense for anything here i just think that the the texans offense is exciting and the patriots offense did not do enough to help out the defense in any way 100 i agree you can you got to credit where credit is due tip the hat deshaun watson is a unique quarterback there's a while he was in the mvp running earlier in the year he's kind of fallen off there and the texans had a very interesting patriots like strategy uh, not shockingly giving the amount of former patriots coaches and players on that team they knew the Patriots would take away deandre hopkins they knew the receivers were kind of outmatched or at least closely matched by the secondary so they were like all right we're just going to dump it off to the backs and use the tight ends and march down the field at will that's kind of what they did uh, and if that is how you beat the Patriots, then that's what they're going to do. And, and they did that. There was really no answer for receiving backs. Uh, Duke Johnson's a, a very solid receiving back. Um, I think that the Texans have good tight ends, and the Patriots were kind of outmatched on that respect. They didn't really adjust as well as I thought they could have, but, again, there were all, basically those three drives you talked about, then the, the short field, and for the most part, they held them. Not enough, and I feel like this is the kind of game, Rich, that the offense could just get anything going at any point. They could have taken this game several times, but they just couldn't do anything. And I don't know exactly why that is. I've heard people saying it's because people weren't getting open. It's because the guys were getting open, but they weren't getting open fast enough. So Brady had to look longer down his reads. The offensive line was – I've heard every single reason as to why the offense wasn't clicking on Sunday night. And I'm not sure which one I buy. What's your reasoning, Rich? Why couldn't the offense get anything going on Sunday? Is it an uh, offensive line problem, a receiver problem, a combination of all, of all three? What is it? What's going on here? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Patriots' offense is a bit of a Rorschach test where you're going to see uh, whatever your mind is telling you <laughs> with what the issues possibly <laughs> are with this Patriots' offense because, I mean, honestly, they have not been good for a very long time. And they've not been good probably since, you know, week three of the season, you know, ever since they faced the bills in week four, they've not been above average. You know, they've, they've been very mediocre. And part of it is uh, a weak offensive line. They are on their third string center. Their tackles are not playing as well as they should be at this point in the year. So there is a lot of pressure against Tom Brady. They, so that offensive line pass protection is an issue. Also an issue with run blocking. They don't have a reliable rushing attack. So therefore, opposing teams can put out their defensive backs and they can drop back into coverage against Tom Brady. That's not a good combination for the Patriots offense. And so you have issues with the offensive line, issues with the rushing attack. You have uh, just not 
having any talent whatsoever at the tight end position. I mean, Ben Watson's fine, but like if you're relying on an 80-year-old tight end to be uh, a big part of your offense, you're going to have a little bit of trouble there. And going from Rob Gronkowski to a non-existent tight end position is a huge shift for this offense. It makes them a lot less versatile, and it allows opposing teams to really key in on specific players. And if you remove Julian Edelman from the Patriots offense, which teams have not been able to do because Edelman is a great wide receiver, uh, but if you can limit his production by double teaming him, which teams have been doing, who else are, is Tom Brady going to trust? He doesn't have a rapport yet with the two rookies, Jacoby Myers and Nikhil Harry, and Harry played himself onto the bench this past week by a really weak route leading to that interception. Mohamed Sanu is hobbled with an ankle injury. Philip Dorsett is really emphasizing the fact that he is at best a number three receiver and in an ideal situation a number four. They just don't have the talent anywhere on offense. So, yeah, it's a mix of not having enough trust, not having enough talent, Tom Brady not seeing the field well because he's feeling pressure. And, uh, you know, they have the players that they have for the rest of the year. So it's all of it. It's all of it. I don't know if the fix is necessarily on the way unless they try to truly reinvent themselves. And, Alec, my question to you would be, uh, how would you fix the Patriots offense? If you were Josh McDaniels looking at this offense, what would you do? Just like that, huh? No problem, Rich. I'm, I got you. <laughs> Ever seen the movie Rounders, Rich Hill? Ever seen Rounders with Matt Damon and John Malkovich? No. Oh, well, you should see it. And you just kind of <laughs> killed this segment because I figured I was gonna, if you've seen Rounders and you're a normal person listening to this podcast, <laughs> there's a scene where Matt Damon is playing John Malkovich's character. His nickname is KGB in the movie. And it's the final poker game. They're going head-to-head. Um, Texas Hold'em. And Matt Damon, he finally realizes what KGB's tell is. He has a tell when he has a good hand. I won't spoil you what the tell is, but he figures it out. And the Patriots have a tell on offense that I finally figured out on Sunday night is if Tom Brady's ever at the point where he's going deep down the field to a double-covered Julian Edelman as his best passing option, I know they haven't gotten it figured out yet. It happens every season when they're just kind of frustrated offensively. They can't figure it out. They send Edelman, who is not a deep threat, deep. There are two guys on him, and it never works out. And because of that, I really think it's important to do what they did. Honestly, Rich, at the beginning of the game, which is lean on Sony Michelle. He was running really, really well early in the game, and for some reason, they got him out of there, and they brought Burkhead in. And now James White rushed well. I think he had about 80 yards on 14 carries around there. He had a big 32-yard rush uh, on the third quarter, I believe, whatever it was. But they have to become a running team again. They did it last season around this time, ran Sony Michelle all the way through the postseason in the Super Bowl. They have to do it this year, too. Muhammad Tanu is banged up. Maybe Gorth Dorsett's concussion is still more than we thought it was. Nikhil Harry's not going to do anything because he's a rookie. Toby Myers is an undrafted rookie. I think it is too much to ask of those two guys, and they have a hobbled um, Sanu, uh, Edelman, who's double-covered, and Doris is not going to get it done, so you have to become a running team. Go big. Go two tight ends on every single play. Keep them to block. Project it. Predict it. And just do it, and then impose your will. And if they can get that going, the play action to Edelman and James White out of the backfield will start to work, and they can start winning games like 23-16. to 16 which is very, very doable given this defense. I don't want to go for the high-flying offense anymore. Get back to your roots, run first. That's what I'd do. Interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, 
they don't have any reliable receivers, so go with what you have. They have a stable of running backs, so you might as well do that. Um, yeah, I mean, if I were to fix the Patriots offense, I would also look to the running backs, but I wouldn't necessarily go with a, a rushing attack because I don't think that the Patriots tight ends are particularly good blockers. They're on a third string center. Uh, their tackles aren't playing too well either. What I would do, though, is have two running back sets. You know, I, I, I think the strength of the Patriots offense is very clearly the running backs and Edelman. But with those running backs, you have some versatility with James White out there. Even Rex Burkhead, who, you know, is just so confounding at times uh, with his limited production. But you have James White, Sonny Michelle, who can catch the ball. He's shown that he can catch the ball. Sonny Michelle, Rex Burkhead, even throw in Damian Harris. You know, just like put in all of the different running backs. Brandon Bolden, put a rotation out there. You have your two running backs. You can have, uh, you know, one tight end out there, whether it's Matt Lacoste or Ben Watson, whoever it might be. Put in Edelman. Then you put in either Sanu or Harry, whoever is the coaching staff considers to be the better blocker, you know, Jacoby Myers. That is what I would do. I, I would give him the opportunity to flex James White into the slot if need be. Um, but I would have the two running backs out there and four supposing linebackers to, to cover them because there were some packages that we saw earlier this year where they had, uh, I believe it was Brandon Bolden playing a little bit of fullback. And I'm waiting for that to pay off further this year because if they show that Brandon Bolden can be counted on to you know do a little bit as a fullback blocker, then opposing teams will have to go a little bit heavier. And then the Patriots can counter by throwing the ball. The Patriots have to win with scheme. They have to win with matchups because they're not going to win with talent at this point in time. And we need to see something creative that teams haven't seen before. And that's where I think they need to go. I am on record on this very podcast, Rich Hill, saying how much I love the two back set with Brandon Bolden and how versatile I think that is. They haven't done much with it. I think 11 personnel is still their best package. Uh, they're no huddle 11 personnel. If that can get going, I don't know. Um, but I want to kind of pose a, a statement or a hypothesis or a thesis to you as we kind of wrap up this, this Texans preview because I feel like when they lose these games or we're just kind of we're saying the same things over and over again regarding this offense. Uh, tell me, Rich Hill, if you've heard this before. Look, I know we've said in the past the Patriots are done and Tom Brady's washed up and they've gone on to win playoff games and Super Bowls, but this year just feels different, you know? Brady's body language isn't there. He's yelling at his receivers. He clearly misses Rob Gronkowski. His numbers are way down. There's just something off about this particular iteration of the Patriots that leads me to finally say this year they're finally done. They're not going to go all the way. They're not going to make the eighth championship game because even though this has happened before, he's lost. He was miserable without his defense. He was miserable without Randy Moss and Wes Welker. He was miserable without his running back. He was miserable without his offensive coordinator. This year just feels different, Rich, and we should all start wondering when the dynasty will officially come to a close. How do <laughs> feel about this uh i'd say let's walk back a little bit let's walk back <laughs> from the ledge my friend uh I, I don't think that this is by any means the end i mean we still see sure tom brady has been making some more boneheaded plays than usual but we've seen this before it's exactly what you said about with the tell you know when tom brady is not feeling like the offense is doing anything he's going to chuck the ball deep into double coverage to julian edelman when the offense is clicking, he's able to distribute the ball like no other quarterback in the league. And so 
the issue is that it's just not clicking. It's not that there's been a decline in his ability by any means. And so long as Brady is still Tom Brady, they're going to have a shot. And it's a matter of how will Josh McDaniels and the rest of the Patriots on offense step up and not saying Tom Brady's free from any blame whatsoever, but you need to have someone be the number two wide receiver where right now there is an absolute void and someone has to emerge. Hopefully it's Mohamed Sanu. The Patriots are banking on it being Mohamed Sanu, who has been limited with his ankle sprain injury. So maybe in the next week or two, he will have shaken that off. He will be in the offense for about a month at this point. So he'll be able to hit the ground running and be that reliable number two that the Patriots have really been looking for. And if that's the case, if they have Edelman out there, if they have Sanu, that gives them some versatility and flexibility in that offense. Not saying Sanu has the same sort of deep ball ability as Chris Hogan, but he gives the Patriots some flexibility with how they align their receivers, how they can play some of the matchups, and how they can start dictating things on offense as opposed to just accepting what the opposing defense is putting in front of them. And, uh, you know, it's it's not over. There, there is a very, very real world, Alec, uh, or whoever was panicking right there, uh, that <laughs> the Patriots could get the number one seed. If the Bills beat the Ravens, the Patriots could be back in the steering seat. And alternatively, there is another world where either the Texans or the Chiefs go on the road and beat the Baltimore Ravens in the divisional round. We've seen it before. We've seen these high-flying offenses, these high-flying teams lose in the divisional round. And then, looky there, the Patriots, even if they're the number two seed, would have home field advantage in the AFC championship game. So the all is not lost. We are not quite yet at the end. There is definitely concern about the talent that is surrounding Tom Brady. They really need to uh, have some players step up. There has to be some growth with everyone else on offense, but we are not yet at the end. Well, that's relief. I was worried for a second there that this year would finally be the year. Uh, Again, the problem (laughs) is basically we're at a point now. The goalposts just shifted so far that even the Patriots don't win the Super Bowl, which is pretty damn hard to do, that's going to be some kind of disaster. And it's really annoying, but that's just the way it is. Uh, Last thing I'll ask you, Rich, we didn't touch on it in the podcast. Probably should touch on it at some point. Then we'll close this out. Literally half the team was sick all week with the flu to the point where they had to fly two two separate planes to Texas (laughs) to avoid some kind of like zombie apocalypse outbreak. You have to factor that in, don't you? I don't want to make excuses, but like when half of your team is so sick, you have to quarantine them. That's got to affect performance, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There, You can't say that it didn't have any effect. And it's not an excuse or anything, but like, yeah, I mean, there. you look at the defensive side, they had to use a greater rotation at the linebacker position because none of them have been healthy. So there is an actual tangible impact that it was played out on the Patriots roster due to all that sickness. So, yeah, there is some effect. I don't think it erases the fact that the offense has been an issue for most of the season. But, yeah, it totally affected their production against the Texans. Hopefully they're healthy. Hopefully they'll be able to attack this final quarter of the season. Four games left, Alec. Only four games left. And hopefully the Patriots will be able to be healthy and be ready to, to you know, bring the season home. 
I hope so too, man, because they have a pretty tough game coming up. Luckily, it's at home in Kansas City. We're going to break that one down on Thursday, and uh, hopefully, if they, I think if they come away with a win in Kansas, uh, at Kansas, excuse me, at Kansas City, with Kansas City, should be in pretty good shape to at least go 13-3. and Should be a very easy way to get the two-seat at the very least. And like you said, Baltimore could drop a game, and we're right back after it. So good things on the horizon, buddy. Not all is lost. Yeah, absolutely. And so we'll be breaking down that game later. As you said, we'll have more information on patspulpit.com. And until next time, Alec, you have a good one. See you, buddy. Later, man.